Hey, it's Christy. Welcome to Do The Work. Today and every day, we'll talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences. We'll discuss what emotional work looks, sounds, and feels like in our day-to-day lives. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with your God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Welcome to Do The Work With Christy. I'm happy to have you here, and I'm so happy to be here with my friend and a fellow coach, Michelle Haskett. Michelle knows that this is one of my first podcasts that I'm recording, so it's pretty awesome that she's willing to do this with me. And we want to talk today, well, really, I wanted to talk about the difference of shame and guilt. Michelle, as humans, we go through life having just so many experiences in every day. And when we are not aware of what we're thinking, which is creating what we're feeling, then we can really have a lot of pain and experience a lot of disconnect with ourselves and with others. And we don't really know why. We're not sure what's happening. Why do we feel this way? Why am I so easily irritated? Why did that offend me? Why are they so offended by what I like? We just have these experiences. And if we're not conscious of what's actually happening inside of us, then we go through life lots of times trying to control our situations rather than being able to connect inside of our situations. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to chat with you today because first of all, I want to just help individuals recognize that there is something going on inside of us and especially inside of our minds. And so I wanted, I wanted you to help me describe, differentiate, explain what is the difference between guilt and shame. I'll tell you for me, the first time I was actually talking to my therapist and she, she introduced the word shame to me. And I was like, Oh no, you got the wrong gal. Like I've really tried to live my, I don't really have a lot of regrets. I'm, I'm pretty careful when it comes to that kind of pretty good with all my stuff here. Yeah. I, (laughs) what I didn't know that I could have said is I'm very controlling. I know what I'm doing (laughs) and what I'm not doing. Right. But she was gentle with me that day and said, you know what? I totally get it. She said, just notice your triggers. Just notice what bugs you. Notice when you feel irritated, when you have a quick, you know, change in emotion or what makes you really happy. You know, something, all these different, just notice she called them triggers. And of course Mm -hmm. I'll talk about triggers and probably have already on this podcast, but Mm -hmm. so, you know, give me half a day and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, whoa, whoa. What was that? Where did that come from? You know? So anyway, when I learned about shame, it, I, I didn't, I didn't at first, I pushed against it because I didn't like what I thought the word shame meant. Mm. So help me, Michelle, what's the difference between guilt and shame? And I, I think it is one of the most vital differentiations we can understand because without understanding it, you can't be aware of it. So without recognizing there is a difference, you will never be able to, you know, regulate that. So I guess I have a, a little way, I guess, that I 
teach or share what the difference is and how I describe it. Um, if you were to put your hand on a hot stove, mm-hmm. what would tell you you need to remove that hand? Uh, feels like I want to say the heat. Mm-hmm. Or pain. Pain. Like, pain. Yeah. The pain yeah. that your hand will help you. Mm-hmm. And usually that there is generally something in life that will trigger something like you mentioned that has some sort of emotion that's a physical response whether it's my heart beating really fast i feel clammy or sweaty or you there's a gut like it feels in my gut you know that yucky feeling so there's some sort of indicator and if i am willing to look at that i so i pulled my hand off the hot stove and i look at my hand there is a burn there is a wound And I can do one of the two things at this point. So what shame would tell me would be, oh, there's something wrong with me. Um, I I don't want anyone to know about that. I'm going to hide it. I'm not going to tell anything. In fact, I'm going to pretend like it's not even there. I'm just going to pretend like I don't notice it. It'll just go away. Hmm. And because if anyone else sees this, then they're going to think how dumb I am that I put my hand on a stove or, you know, there are a bazillion different thoughts that can go with it. So I'm just going to pretend like it's not there. And the result of that is that wound is going to continue to fester, can become infected, and and that will become a greater infection or wound than what it initially was. So shame to me is I want to hide. I want to distract. I do not want to deal with this. It means something about me and who I am. Whereas so, the yeah. antithesis, and I often use the word remorse rather than guilt, because I think sometimes guilt and shame are easily synonymous and, and often get used in synonymous ways. So it's sometimes harder to differ- differentiate. But when I talk about guilt, I'm talking about remorse or feeling badly about a behavior that has happened. So the behavior is I put my hand on something that was hot, whether known or unknown, I did something that was wounding me. It hurt. And hurt. I can now, yeah, it hurt. It was painful. And mm-hmm. so I can look at this and say, all right, what do I need to do to heal this? I've, I've made a choice. I've done something that's hurtful. It's not who I am. It's, but, but my choice has hurt me. And so I need to make some decisions now that can help me. I can put this under cold water, ice, a salve, I can wrap it, I can do all kinds of things. There may still be a scar or there may still be something to recognize that something happened there, but I can heal from this and move forward. And so I guess when I, that's a, one leads us to healing, the other just leads to more and increased pain. So one mm. can move us forward and, and, and learn and grow. Another thing that I often use will be, it's just information. That's a phrase I use all the time. It's just information. So the information is that stove is hot. My hand does not belong there. It's not good for me. I'm going to now learn from that. And probably the next time I come to a stove, I'm going to check all the burners. I'm going to make sure everything's on because I've gained information. Hmm. I'm not dumb. I'm I'm not a stupid person. I'm not, I'm not a bad person. I made a mistake and I'm learning from this. That's really good. That's so good. Um, it is right in line with what Brene Brown. So we're going to hear a lot. We about all love Brene. Brene. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know who <laughs> Brene Brown is, Google. 
In fact, she yes. has a beautiful TED talk on shame. That would be a really yes. good thing to listen to. She as is well. actually started as a, she's a shame researcher. So that is, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah good point. She's Thanks. done lots of work. So based on her extensive research, Brene Brown defines shame. And this goes right along with your burning hand as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. We feel like we've, we feel like something that we've experienced, done or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. Oh, it's so good. And it hurts. I know. Yes. <laughs> it, it does hurt. And every person, every person who's listening to this podcast and who isn't, so all humans experience shame. It's part of our human experience. Now, mm-hmm. I believe as humans, we actually can get really good at not staying there. Really good. Like it's like kind of like a blip in our experience. And we, we are very dedicated to not living in shame, but we're all going to experience um, shame from one degree to another. And frankly, if we look around, shame's quite easy to see and hear once we understand what it is. So there's a beautiful visual of a spectrum. Um, Lots of times when you say shame, people are like, nah, no, not me. Or someone's like, oh my gosh, totally. How do they know what I've done in my life? You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this flawed feeling that something's wrong with me. I'm not connectable. So there's this almost like a, it's almost like a filter. Like the, like we will perceive all of our experiences through this filter. Yeah. And so oftentimes we, when we have that, we're not even aware that that's up until we start recognizing the science of what that is, and then it can be removed. It's so true. So good. Okay. So shame can be seen in just thousands of different ways and heard. But for me, it's really helpful to think of this spectrum. So right in the middle of this line is the truth. And actually, I I clearly teach as a coach, the center is Christ. When I'm in the center, I'm aligned with him. When, But on either side of this continuum, on one side is self-denigrating. Self-denigrating, and add to this, Michelle, self-denigrating yeah. sounds like I'm not smart enough. I'm not righteous enough. I'm not funny enough. I'm not popular. I'm, whoa. I, I, other people are better than me. Other people are better than me. I'm too big. I'm too small. Um, I'm not strong enough. If it's going it to raise has a comparison and I'm on the lower end of that comparison. I am, I am less than any comparison I make. I'm on the less. So good. Of that. So good. So, um, of course I'm in the line at Walmart that's taking 30 minutes that, you know, this person's going through all of her coupons, all of her everything. Of course that happened to me. Of course I chose this line because I'm not smart enough to just find the right line. Yeah. This is what I always do. Or I planned Mm -hmm. a party outside. Uh, uh Uh-huh. It's, it's raining. You better believe that. Because I planned it. Because I planned it. Oh yes. I'm getting pulled over. Of course, I'm the one getting pulled over of all the cars, right? Self-denigrating. Mm-hmm. So, and just, I mean, we, we tapped, we touched on a few. You have more? You're the victim of every, mm-hmm. every scenario. You are the victim. 
Yeah. Yeah. But funny when you've lived with that shame message for so long. It's true. It's it absolutely true. Feels to you. absolutely true. Mm-hmm. But in truth, it's what I'm thinking. Okay. On the other end of that spectrum, it's self adulating. And it sounds like this. I'll say one, you say one, Michelle. Let's do it. Let's see how fast we get it. I'm smarter than you. I look so much better than her. Her kids are terrible. My house is way cleaner than their house. I'm more righteous than you. I'm a better decorator than you. If you don't agree with me, you're an idiot. I'm in so much better shape. It's my way or no way. I have all the righteousness. I understand all the principles. So I, I'm living the righteous way. Okay. Okay. It's too, bad you're, it's too bad you're not with me in my line of how exactly. I do these things. Come here. Come here. Come here, sweetie. Come here. Okay. I can help you. Exactly. I can help you get better. Exactly. Like so, and we could go on and on and on, right? And for me, Michelle, I don't know about you, but for me, I can flip from self-denigrating to adulating in sec, like a second. Mm-hmm. Nanosecond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can be feeling great walking into a meeting just like on top of my game and kind of feeling like they're going to like me, like this is going to be good. And then someone says something like, Oh, I was expecting something different or, oh, and I can immediately in my head be like, Oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? Like I, I'm just, yes. I can flip back and forth so easy when I'm listening to Shane or with my kids, I will be a complete dinner. Like I'm not enough. I can't, I never can tell them how to do this the right way. They don't ever take their things. And, and then I go to load the dishwasher. Nobody reloads the dishwasher the right way. Like, yeah. like <laughs> I know the right way for optimal cleaning of my dishwasher and you people have never figured this out. And that just is, you know, I can go from that in two seconds. So Michelle, someone listening to the podcast today could go, no, but there is actually a right way to load a dishwasher. <laughs> and I do believe there is. No, I'm just <laughs> and I might be the only one that knows it. But. <laughs> so what would you say to someone who said, no, but I really, there's a right way to load the dishwasher. And there may be a way that has optimal cleaning. That may be true. That may be, there may be a way that you can put dishes. And that doesn't mean that my perceived notion of that is truth. Like I don't way. know that that, yeah, the only way or, or that it is the most valuable thing to do, or if somebody else chooses to do it, that there's something inherently wrong with them or that I am somewhat better. It's my value. If my value is a tied to my dishwasher layout, we have a problem. Houston, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> my value has nothing to do with my dishwasher. Yeah. I but- might be, re- I could be in truth and say, yeah, I'm pretty good at, I can load a dishwasher very effectively. Yeah. Okay. But that doesn't mean I'm a better person or more, like I'm not a better than other people. There's no comparison there. I might be good at something. I don't have to compare myself because when there's comparison, somebody's always either greater or less than. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. So, so someone might say, no, it's not about my value. It's just that there's a right way to load a dishwasher. And maybe the clarity that we would also make for them is, when you believe that there is only one right way to load a dishwasher, you're in shame. That's mm-hmm. just not a centered space. 
there, there's there may be a, an effective way to load a dishwasher. That doesn't mean that's how it has to be loaded. Yeah. So the dishes will still get cleaned. So people have age. If I'm trying to control how you load the dishwasher, then I am in shame. That's really so good. I can, I can say, Hey, this would, you, you know, if you're open, if I'm teaching a child, for instance, so this would be different. If I'm teaching a child and saying, Hey, I'd love for you to learn how to do it this way, because I feel like we number one could get more dishes in it, or I can, it could, will clean better. This is how I'd like to teach you how to do this. And then I allow them to learn and do those things. That I'm not, <laughs> you didn't do it the right way. Or if my husband does it as a full adult, he gets to choose how he loads the dishwasher. Yeah, And I so don't get true. to say, oh, my word, you just do not understand. It's and really and th- we may laugh, but I promise I thought that for a year, like this was, he would do surgery and I'd say, well, I bet you'd never forgot how to put your scalpel in the right place, but you sure have a hard time with the dishwasher evidently because <laughs> my needs don't matter because I'm in shame, right? Yeah. So it became, first, all of a sudden loading the dishwasher had nothing to do with dishes in the dishwasher. It became about me. It was personal. So when the shame is enacted is when I have somehow attached my value to how my husband loads the dishwasher has nothing to do with it, but I have connected that because of whatever shame message I already believe for myself. So I'm seeing it through a filter. Yeah. I like how you said that if I've attached my value or if, if you're not really conscious of that, it might feel like uh, you might hear thoughts like he's doing it wrong. What is wrong with him? Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he care about mm-hmm. me? Those yes. things, right? I may not have the consciousness to recognize. You would not have the consciousness. Yeah. I lived there for years. Yeah. No consciousness. Around. I didn't think I'm really in shame right now. This, yeah. <laughs> my value is tied to the dishwasher. None of that ever happened. Yeah. But what happened was why doesn't he ever hear me when I tell him the right way to do the dishwasher? He, yeah. he just throws them in willy nilly. And now look, there's food stuck in these places. And cause he doesn't care about what I say, but, I, but if Dr. So-and-so taught him how to do this, he yeah. would for sure always remember that. I mean, we were in residency, we were young, but I yeah. honestly, those are true thoughts that came through yes. my mind. No, no, I believe so nobody you. wants to ever come to my house. I get it and load my dishwasher, but I am now, I, he can load his dishwasher however he wants. <laughs> he gets and to I'm do it all okay with it. It's yeah. so good. So I'm going to ask you, I want you to think about, so I'm going to, sh- I want to share just a little uh, thought, but then I want to ask you, you work a lot with um, young adults. You are mm-hmm. really good with young adults. I'd love just a few quick examples of how shame shows up, adulating, denigrating for uh, youth, young adults who are going, um, you know, who are trying to kind of differentiate from their parents. I, I'd love some thoughts there. I, I did want to share just another quick, because I just want to keep putting this here. Mm-hmm. Shame is a constant, mostly unconscious message inside of humans trying to convince us that we are better or worse than others. Never enough, not safe. They don't matter. So if we go back to guilt or sorrow or remorse, we've Mm -hmm. done something that's separated. The way I like to describe it is we've done something that separated us from God, from from this Mm -hmm. person where our worth comes from. And we've done something that's put space between us. So when I feel guilt, well, and not only have we put space, but I've also chosen other things and other people to be my God. 
Yeah. Essentially right. what has happened is now what somebody else thinks of me is more important than what my God thinks of me. Yeah. And so then I have essentially just swapped out truth for all of these other objects or people for me to try to find value, which will never happen. It's an endless pit and I will be constantly searching for value. And when I'm always searching for value, that is exhausting. So it is an exhaustive, painful, and I'm adding pain to my life that doesn't need to be there. There is plenty of pain that will happen. I'm sure you've talked about, you know, optional and inevitable pain, but I, I just add more pain when I create other people to be my value source. So good. Yeah. I actually have not talked a lot about that, but I will. There's a podcast coming up about that. Okay, Michelle, give examples. How does this show up? One of the ways I've noticed this showing up a lot is um, especially young adults who have had really controlling environments or um, are afraid to share what they really think or feel Mm. because they don't want to make anyone else upset with them, particularly parents, right? So if I speak up and say something that might contradict or be different than what I know my parents might think, that is going to cause problems. So instead of being honest and sharing that, my shame says, I'm not enough. I'm going small. I'll just be quiet. I don't want to, what I think doesn't matter anyway, or it's not worth actually having to engage into in that situation. So they get really small, get quiet or, or distract and just don't deal with it. Yeah. All dishonesty comes from shame, right? Because we're yes, afraid 100%. that if I'm mm-hmm. honest, you'll think less of me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Great. Anything else? Any other examples? Um, I think the other one would be ways that social media comes mm-hmm. up, right? So you look at somebody's social media feed of having, um, trying to project a, an image of who they are because in order for me to feel good about me. I'm, tr- I'm seeking likes or seeking people to affirm me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm going to post certain pictures or certain experiences so that I'm getting, you know, essentially mm-hmm. a hit. I'm getting, trying to get something that is once again, it's never filling. Like it's like eating a whole tub of the best cookies you ever had but you don't ever feel satisfied. It's just like, I just want more of these cookies. And then I feel sick and gross. I don't feel better. Whereas if I'm having a, a healthy meal, I can eat that. I feel satisfied. And yeah, you know, it's a very different source. Well, and one cookie or two after the yeah. satisfying meal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Please, Michelle. Exactly. We always need don't be dissing cookies break. right here, right in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> Um, it would never happen. Um, that's good. You know, it's in social media is an interesting thing because you are spot on, you know, what's my motive for posting. And mm-hmm. what we often don't think of is what's my motive for not posting. I'm yes. on social media and then I, and I, but I don't post, but I'm on it daily. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. what am I afraid of? So shame can show up that, you know, denigrating, adulating exactly. in any way. So we want to be clear. I want to be clear, and I think you're with me. Social media is not bad. It's what's my motive? What am I? 100. What stories am I telling myself about? You know, mm-hmm. I've got to post the right. Where thing is my for. value? Is my yeah. value attached yes. to what I like? If am I yes. doing this 
to be able to be seen, heard, loved, need, yes. like, do I feel like I'm better because people now are seeing this yes. or is it because, yeah, this is just something I did and I'm, I'm would love to share it with people I love. Yeah. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. But if I'm seeking for this affirmation or need for people to think I'm better than, than what I, then my value does not go up with the amount of likes I get on any, or it doesn't go down with the fewer amount of likes I, yeah. I have. So I, I see that a lot with, you know, or the other thing I would say is, um, you know, fear of missing out or, you know, the FOMO, the, like if other people are doing things and I'm not invited, or if I see that people are doing things and I'm not, you know, don't feel like I've been included in that, then I must not, there's must be something wrong with me yeah. that I'm not included in this group or in the, with these people. And that's a yeah. super painful one. Like that somehow they are, have the key to my worth. It's so That's good. super painful. It's so good. And, you know, fear of missing out is simply just a fear of not belonging, right? Like, mm-hmm. wait, can mm-hmm. they have fun without me? But it is all shame-based. And, mm-hmm. like, note to the world, growing older doesn't <laughs> change this. The time heals all wounds is not true. It's not true when it comes to shame. That's exactly right. What changes this is exposing it. Shame hates to be exposed. It hates to be exposed. I was with some friends recently and um, they had gone to do something and I was somewhere else. So, but when I came back, they had left and I didn't know that they were going. Now, I'm, I'll be 53 next month, Michelle. When I walked in the room and they were gone, I had an immediate, like a thought that came to my mind, which was, they don't care about me. Now, these women are women that literally, if I had to jump off a building and, and there was, you know, three people or someone that I would say, okay, I trust them that they'll catch me. That, that's who these women are to me. They are genuine, loving, caring. I know they care about me. But in an instant, I walked in, I didn't know where they were, which exposed my vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. And then I noticed because I am, I've done this for a while now, I'm pretty aware of when I have triggers or thoughts or feelings. And I I recognize that thought of they don't care about me. Mm. And so I don't have to get new friends or kind of like push them away emotionally, though that those have been my practices in lots of different experiences. What I get to learn how to do, and this is why we're talking about shame and guilt today, Mm. is what I can learn to do is as soon as I hear that they don't care about me, I can actually speak truth. I can expose the lie. That's not true. The truth is not that they don't care about me. The truth is I went to the gym. I came back to the room and they were gone. The end, right? But shame wants to put meaning behind that. It wants me to feel like I'm less than. Mm -hmm. It is a daily effort to notice the shame messages and then to speak truth to it. Now, here's the truth. They were gone for another 45 minutes to an hour. 
I had many opportunities to reframe in my head over and over again. And I just kept declaring the truth to myself. Now, someone who knows me likely would not think, oh, she's worried her friends don't like her. Because the truth is, I'm actually not worried that my friends don't like me, but shame comes in with those kinds of messages. Does that make sense? Is it always an invitation? There's any kind of, anytime there is any form, which if you are really, if we're honest, we are vulnerable 24 seven of our lives. And so every time, anytime that vulnerability is peaked or exposed in any way, shame will always be the first one to try to invite you to come believe this lie. And that's what it is. It, I, I remember the first time we, I took my son and we went to some classes and we learned about shame and guilt. And I remember as we were leaving, my son said to me, mom, shame is just Satan. <laughs> and I was good. like, yeah, true. That's exactly what that is. And if we know what Satan you know, said, quick hide, like he wants you to quick be hide. afraid. Good. And when there's fear, so I really believe at the root of all shame is fear. And so if I can identify, what am I afraid of? So in that instance, what am I, what would you be afraid of? Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of details in history that I'm, that I haven't shared here on the podcast, but right. But I'm in a vulnerable place. I'm in a vulnerable Mm -hmm. space in my life um, for different reasons. But truthfully, this is something that's, a thought, you know, that I've had in many different places. So to answer your question, what am I afraid of? Cause that's such a good question. Um, maybe not belonging that I don't yeah. matter that I'm not safe with these friends. Mm-hmm. And that, I think those are all reasonable things because there have been things in your life that have absolutely given you evidence that that might be true. And I think if we can get to that root fear of what it is that I'm afraid of, boy, that exposes, that brings this vulnerability. And then I can rebut those and say, I can validate. Yeah. I have had experiences where people have done these things and this is how it felt. It was painful. And so of course I would be afraid that it might happen again. And that makes sense. I can understand that. And then I can go to exactly what you said, the truth of, I know where my source, my value comes from is from God. I'm safe there. I know he loves me. And also I can look at my friends and say, what has my experience been with these particular women? I know that they love me. Mm -hmm. And I know that whatever has happened, I can ask them about that. That's been my experience. And so that creates a very tender place, but it is vulnerable. But when we go into shame, exactly what you said is so much easier sometimes, or it feels protective. Yeah. I want to to protect put up a wall. Yes. Because I don't want pain. Our human does not want pain. We want to avoid pain at any cost. Our spiritual selves says, bring that on. I will grow there. I can handle that. I can do that. This is, we have to overcome that first physical, like get me, protect myself, get me away from this. That is where shame will come every time. And if we can stand in there and do exactly what you just described and sit in there and, and be gentle with ourselves and loving to ourselves and compassionate to why those things come and then walk ourselves back to a place of truth of, I know who I am. 
I know where my source of value comes from. I know that God loves me. And truthfully, I know that these women love me. And then then that's a really beautiful place for when you return and reconnect with them to have yeah. conversations or to, you know, bring that up. I think that is a really sweet example of yeah. that. And I think it's an important part to realize that when we combat those lies with truth, then we learn how to, I guess maybe also with that, there will come, the work is in coming to know where my value comes from. And that's a whole other part of work, right? That is a lot of time in spiritual quest to understand yeah. my relationship with God. But ultimately that's where my yeah. guilt or my shame will be healed. Yes. And my my remorse is a healthy thing. It brings me closer to him. It helps me see things that I've made mistakes. And that's yes. good. That's part of growth. That's yeah. information about myself. And mm-hmm. when I can differentiate the two, then I become in a really beautiful place rather than in a painful one. Yeah, that's so good, Michelle. It's so good. There's so much we could talk about when it comes to shame, different examples. You know, I think of um, arts, athletics, uh, music, science. I've had, so, you know, I've had so many different clients come in. It actually is really kind of astounding to me to see all of the different life experiences that people have. And when people are in shame, and sometimes we don't, most of the time we don't call it shame. We call it anxious, uncomfortable. I don't have any drive to do anything. I Mm -hmm. feel afraid of big crowds or talking one-on-one with people. All of these, yeah, depressed. Mm -hmm. These are all shame-based spaces. So Mm -hmm. I want to just keep talking about it. I want to have individuals on the podcast who are willing to just share one experience, maybe like the experience I just shared, and we can dive into. I spoke to someone yesterday. She's a she's a newly married, um, wonderful person, and. She was having some conflict in herself and uh, she's, she's so good at so many things and her willingness to say, Hey, um, can you help me look at this? I'm not sure what this is. I just say, Oh, so much happiness ahead for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the humility to look. Mm -hmm. And the willingness to know I'll be okay. Like I actually will feel so much better if I can just take the step to look and not be afraid of what is on the other side of it. That's exactly right. Michelle, thank you. You have seen my shame on the outside, on the inside. And, you know, I'll often do <laughs> mine. I'll often have people say like, I, I'm still like, I still I'm like, you're still living. Then yes, you still have shame. This is, <laughs> this is not a, Oh, I learned this and now I don't have it. It is but a it, unique thing only to humans. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so if you fall in that category, yeah. you may have shame. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. I really yeah, appreciate you. you being here. And I'm really grateful for the chance to address an experience that all humans have. Here is the truth. You get to make many choices in your day. I hope you'll choose to do the work. See you next time. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience, or ask me a question, go to coachchristy.life.
and fill out the podcast questionnaire and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.